The world we know is gone. No Google. No Amazon.com. No email. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Welcome, everyone, to the Walking Dead TV Podcast, Episode 2. This is Russ, and tonight we have Brad, Jordan, and John. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. What's up, fellas? Not much. So if you'd like to reach us, send an email at comments at walkingdeadtv.com. You can visit the website at www.walkingdeadtv.com, where we have the freshly branded website that is similar to what you've seen for Half Hour Wasted and Legion of Dudes, um, with a lot of cool Walking Dead-specific stuff on the page, where we've got links to videos, um, episode one, and we'll probably keep updating it as new trailers and new goodies come out based on the TV show leading up to the October 31st premiere of the Walking Dead TV show. You can follow us on Twitter at, at WDTVPodcast. You can join our Facebook group, and you can go to forumforgeeks.com. That's forumforgeeks.com, where you'll find our show, as well as the Talking Dead podcast and the Walking Dead cast. So we've got our own little Walking Dead network of podcasts up on the Forum for Geeks forum, so all kinds of good stuff going on. Keep up with all the shows and what we're all up to, because we all... Um, have a little bit of different flair to to what we present. So, all good stuff. And speaking of what we're up to, this is episode two, and we thought originally I think we would do weekly, and given that the show isn't isn't going to premiere until Halloween night, I think it was a little further off than we had originally thought when we started coming up with a schedule, and so we decided to space it out. But I think, John, you're going to talk about what we'll be up to in the near future. Yeah, we were thinking that we'd go probably bi-weekly until the show begins on Halloween. Uh, we, we should have this episode out by the end of September. Then if we get another episode out middle of October, we do have a Robert Kirkman interview that we recorded previously for the Legion of Dudes, so we'd like to run that. Maybe we'll come up with another topic as well. Uh, there might be some more show news or you know maybe another trailer or some images that we can talk about as the show draws near and then certainly when the tv show begins on halloween then we'll start weekly covering each episode after it airs so i think that's the plan right now so it looks like we'll go bi-weekly we'll do another show we'll have episode three that will be before uh the walking dead airs and then after that we'll have an episode for each walking dead show One other thing I would like to mention is since our last show, we did go live on iTunes. So you can subscribe there on iTunes now if you search Walking Dead. Um, A bunch of Walking Dead podcasts will come up. We're right there. You can search Walking Dead TV as well. We've got a couple of five-star reviews that I would like to share. Uh, The reviews are really important to us. They help us get noticed on iTunes and highlighted maybe as a new and notable or uh, something to watch that helps our listenership. So, first one is from Hilton TV. It says, can't wait for this show. All these guys are fun to listen to. They know their stuff. So, that's great. Thank you very much to uh, Hilton TV. Also from our buddy Daryl. 
You will enjoy this podcast. If you're a fan of the Walking Dead comic and you like the television show, I suggest you try this podcast. It's informative, fun to listen to. It's a podcast that is family-friendly as well. Thanks to Daryl. You can find all his great stuff on the No Apologies, Comic Book Roadshow. Uh, what else? Daryl is the hardest working man in podcasting. Uh, nothing's on. It's another great TV and movie podcast that you can find Daryl on. So check those out, please. And thanks again for the reviews. So I guess in between last time we had a show and, and now, the other thing AMCTV.com has done is put up a bunch of – it's funny, off the air, we we're kind of uh, – figuring out what to call these things because calling them trailers is probably being too generous. Um, they're almost like little vignettes. They're like 16, 15 second spots that they've been putting up that barely um, show any action. It's usually focused on a character and they're either walking down the stairs or um, looking at a dead zombie or, you know, just very, very short little snippets and then, you know, kind of throw the banner up there to, to tell you that the show is coming. So they've been fun to watch, but haven't really given us anything new or noteworthy that the the main trailer that came out several weeks ago has given us. Although I definitely did love the one I just saw uh, this past week on Mad Men, which was Rick riding um, towards the abandoned city of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, they the same thing I loved in, in the main trailer where they had the tank and they had that pull-out shot so you got to see a little bit more as, as seconds went on of just how big this was. Um, in this particular trailer, it's only like 15 or 20 seconds long, but you start just on Rick on the horse, you back up a little bit, and you can see the cars that just are abandoned going the other way out of Atlanta. You back up a little bit more, you can see the train on his right that's just been crashed, and then you pull back all the way and you get to see just the Atlanta skyline um, and the city that looks kind of beautiful. There's some birds in the background, but you just know it's nothing but death and decay there. Uh, and they actually just released that image or an image from that as a poster. It's my current wallpaper. It's so cool looking. Yeah, I think one thing that is important for this show is the scope. Um, we need it to be big. We need it to be droves and droves of zombies. Uh, we need to see the far-reaching effects of this plague or or infection, or, or whatever you call it. And, and I think the trailer and this poster kind of show that that's the way they're going. Um, you know, that panning back and seeing all the destruction and all the kind of broken down places and cars and things, um, I think that shows that it's what they're going for, is the scope of this event. So I, I think definitely a good sign for the direction of the show. Definitely. And I think one of our listeners, I've got a cold, which is why my voice sounds so bad. <laughs> I didn't fall and hurt myself or something that's just a cold i think one of the hardest parts of doing this podcast is knowing how much to say and how much not to say because as readers of the comic we have an idea of of what the show is going to be like for those that have just seen the commercials you know on uh, amc and they're kind of like oh this looks kind of cool you know maybe i want to watch this well they don't know as much as we do. And so it's, it's, it's really hard for me to know what to say and what not to say. Um, and I, I wonder if, if the four or five of us take that for granted when we start talking about certain things. For instance, you brought up Daryl uh, a minute ago, John. Um, earlier in the week, I had tweeted on, from our Twitter account that we were going to be recording a new episode soon. And if they had any questions, to please relay them and his question was what is your favorite walking dead character and why well 
I can answer that, but I'm not because it's a potential spoiler and I want to answer it really bad. I want to talk about this character, but I know that if I was a watcher of the show and a non-reader of the book and I was listening to our podcast and somebody said something that spoiled something down the way for me, I would be very angry. So it's, it's so difficult to, at least for me, to try to talk intelligently about the show without spoiling it. Yeah, I think what we'll do is, if we ever decide to go into something that happened in the comic uh, rather than the television show, something that might be a spoiler, uh, we'll definitely give a, a big spoiler alert. We'll tell everybody when it's coming. Um, because we might be doing a lot of talk about the comic in the downtime between seasons, uh, certainly in this preseason time. We're going to look at the Trade Paperback Volume 1 today. So we're going to do that separately and try to keep it so that if you have no interest um, in the comic stuff, you won't be spoiled by it. And hopefully if you are a reader of the comic, you'll enjoy revisiting it as the TV show begins to present itself. If we decide to spoil, I think, unlike with the other shows, I think this one will be a little more um, on the ball with it, is putting in like, um, timestamps on the notes and stuff like that. So if we begin spoiler talk and end spoiler talk, then we can have it timestamped so everybody knows. Okay, I need to stop listening here and I can start listening there. So that way we don't we don't ruin anything. There's one main question I can. In fact, it's funny. My my brother the other day he I had lunch with him and he says, "What's this all of a sudden fascination you have with zombies?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, on your Facebook and your Twitter and all that. You're talking about this Walking Dead podcast and, and stuff. And I said, actually, it's it's not so much a fascination with zombies as it is this comic book called The Walking Dead, which just happens to have zombies in it. And, you know, my brother, he, he, was, he was... I told him a little bit about how the first issue of the comic played out. And he asked me a question, which I'm sure everybody that watches the first episode will be asking... And I hesitate to even continue this line of thought of what I'm saying now. It's there is. Imagine the Lost podcast we did. Imagine us trying to do that podcast and having already known how the show ended. It would virtually be impossible or a completely different show. So this is going to be an interesting venture for me to talk about the show. The way I'm going to approach it is each time we do. Uh, an episode review, I'm going to completely disassociate my brain from the comic. You know, I have to, it'll, it'll be a struggle. I'll have to say, you think you might know where this is going because of what you've read, but you probably don't. Because as we've heard, you know, uh, it was either Kirkman or Darabont, one of them said, yeah, we'll follow some main beats, but we're going to vary. So uh, this is going to be an interesting ride for me personally. Yeah, I've been reading the True Blood books after the fact. I had never read them before. I watched the television show. I liked the show so much I decided to go and read the books now. And it's become pretty apparent in the beginning of reading the books that they did take main characters, a, a, a main general storyline, and go from there. But there's a point where the TV show definitely splits off from the books and things start to be different. So I think we're going to find that as the show begins, uh, that we really don't know what's coming next. They're probably going to change some names around, add and subtract characters. They're going to change the order of things to make it more suitable uh, for a television series rather than a book. 
And I really hope it's that way. You know, there's a couple of obvious story beats that I can think of, having read the book, that we'll have to see. But I hope weekly I am pleasantly surprised and shocked at where the story goes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't... I mean, for the most part, if we're going to see a direct translation of the book onto to film, then we might as well just read the book. I mean, some things obviously would be cool to see on the big screen, but for the most part, you know, what, what's the fun in just, you know, rehashing what you know verbatim? So my, the interesting thing for me is going to, is going to be to see what the changes are and why they're changed. And we, we kind of talked about this a little bit in, when we talked about our True Blood um, discussions on, on Legion of Doom. I think the audience, to some degree, especially with a short six-episode season, is going to dictate what is going to stick and what's not. You know, the, these characters and these actors, I think, are going to define the characters, and some stuff is going to stick and some stuff is not. So, one of the things that's no surprise with the with the comic and the and the reason why people, it's it's funny for those of you that don't follow the comics, th- there are a couple taboos in the comic book podcasting world of things you just don't talk about. And Walking Dead is one of those things. I mean, if you're doing a comic podcast, you either have a serious spoiler alert or you just flat out don't talk about it because so many people read it in trade or in hardcover, which could be delayed anywhere from six months to a year from when the issues hit the stands, that everybody's afraid to spoil anything. Um, But I'm curious to see that what the audience reaction is going to be to some of these characters and the actors playing them as to how the, the creators of the show are going to change up what happens. You know, if it gravitates and really catches on with the audience, I can totally see them changing that because one of the things in, in the comic is no one is sacred. And in a TV show, when you commit to actors and, and personalities and stuff like that, some of that may not be as sacred. Um, so it'll be curious to see how that plans out. And that's that's the thing I'm most excited for as far as changes go. Do we have confirmation as to how much of the book these first six episodes are supposed to cover? No. Everyone kind of assumes trade number one, but that's just a best guess at this point. Six issues, six episodes. Some of those issues are pretty meaty, and some of them are pretty bare bones. Uh, Not in a bad way, but in a time progression way. Like there be maybe not the first six issues. I'm thinking generally throughout the history of the of the comics publication. You know there have been some issues that to me would be difficult to make an entire hour's worth of episode out of. Yeah, I know there's a couple of trades that I picked up and read through cover to cover in about thirty minutes. You know, for six issues, which is not a bad thing because they were thirty awesome minutes. But yeah, the the story does have a, a wane and flow of how much the actual dialogue is going to be in a particular section but that means that they can you know one episode might not be one issue it could be three issues if those are really dialogue light issues or it could be a quarter of an issue if that's a particularly dialogue heavy issue i mean they have all that freedom which is pretty cool i'm thinking right now about how trade one ends the sixth issue ends and uh that would be a pretty nice way to end the season i think i guess before we get into uh talking about that first trade. The day that we recorded our episode last time, uh, episode one, it was announced that there would be a season two of The Walking Dead signed. And then since then, like the following day, it came out that it was only a rumor. And Frank Darabont had done some interviews on websites saying, no, you know, it's been talked about, but certainly there's nothing 
uh, set to go. Or is that the point that we're at? Does anybody know if there's been any more news of it being solidified or if that was completely a rumor? I actually thought the day or two after we had recorded that, uh, that it had been confirmed. In fact, it was either the day or the second day after we recorded. I was watching G4, I think. They reported that, in fact, a second season had been greenlit. So perhaps they were working off old information. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find the most recent thing I can find is September 2nd, saying that Darabont um, says that as tired as he is right now, he couldn't imagine starting shooting in February for season two. So he pretty much dispelled it um, as a rumor at this time. And that's September 2nd. I can't find anything newer than that. Jordan, usually you're all over this. How come you don't know? Uh, I, I do know. Johnny is exactly correct as far as I can tell. Um, I was researching as well. But, yeah, I do remember, you know, they announced or, or it, it leaked or the rumor started a couple of days before we started recording that, hey, season two. And then I think it was actually by the time we recorded season two or episode two, because I remember mentioning how actually they just dispelled that rumor in episode one. Um, and then it was a couple of days later when Darabont for sure came out and said, there's no way we're starting as soon as that rumor uh, said, you know, I, I want to do season two, but it's not been greenlit yet. And that was almost a month ago. Is anybody Googling right now as we speak? I yeah, was just I already did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did it 35 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> the newest thing that's showing up is that awesome new poster. That's my wallpaper. But uh, here we have uh, September 6th. Uh, the headline is no season two of The Walking Dead yet. Uh, hmm. Yeah, everything I've seen is th- is that whoever it was jumped the gun, and Darabont and everybody else, and AMC has officially come out, and they've contacted like IGN and everyone else to say it is not official. Um, I think it's just there's a lot of talk that if it is greenlit, it will be a 12 or 13 episode season two, which would be official. AMC's standard mode of operation. That's how they do things generally. Yeah, I think what would be awesome is if I know we had talked about. You know, if we were going to spoil anything from the comic during the season, we could give a definite spoiler alert, perhaps save it to the end of the episode. But I, in the downtime in between, in the hiatus, I would, I think it'd be cool to to talk about the comic and compare it with each episode and just see how much did change. Yeah, that could be a, that could be a way to fill our our time between seasons. Oh, definitely, and and talk about the new characters and new storylines because we were talking before we started recording, and Brad pointed out that in one of the a little vignettes we were looking at that there was a brand new character that he didn't remember from the story, and that's uh, Michael Rooker's character, and we know really not too much about him yet. But anything surrounding that character is new. Anything he does, anything he says, any way he affects the story, and he's not the only new character, so there should be lots of things we can talk about. Hey, did you like it the way they did in the comic better? Did you like the way they did the TV show better? Was this exchange better than one or the other? That kind of stuff. It should be pretty, pretty fun to do. So I put that Walker Brothers song on my iPod, the way you know the the sun ain't gonna shine anymore. The way that big four and a half minute trailer ends with that song, I've got that on my iPod, and it's it's actually a pretty good song. I don't know why that came to me just now, <laughs> but uh, I think I was thinking about the fact that I had watched the trailer again, and uh, I think uh, the guy who plays Rick needs to work on his accent because Russ, I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody from Texas who sounds like that. No, isn't he from Atlanta? Yeah, but. I don't know anybody from Atlanta who sounds like that either. I don't know anybody from Nova Scotia who sounds like that, but... (laughs) 
Well, I sure as hell don't know anybody from Long Island, it sounds like. <laughs> Except for creepy Jimmy down on the corner. <laughs> okay, so our plan now is to take a look at The Walking Dead Volume 1 Trade Paperback, which is the first six issues of the comic. We're assuming that the beginning of the television show will be somewhere in this realm of time. Certainly the very beginning uh, would be nearly the same. So this is your opportunity to leave us. If you are not interested at all in the comic or you have not read the comic yet and don't want to be spoiled for the show, this would be a good time to uh, leave us for now. And following that, we're going to talk about a few points from this trade paperback that we would really hope will be in the show. So we're going to kind of do our wish list for season one of the television program. I want to beg those who have not read the book to immediately find something else to listen to from this point on. Yes, because please join us again next time. <laughs> yes, yes, please do. But I can only imagine... Think, think back, guys, about how... how our first experience with reading the book and how blown away we were by it. I don't want what we're about to say now to ruin the television viewing experience for somebody who's never read the book. That's why I'm stressing, please stop listening. This is mainly an an indulgence on our part. Because we love the book so much, we've already talked about, you know, I wonder if this is going to happen, I wonder if that's going to happen, you know, but if, if you're adventurous and you're curious about the book, you know, why not? As we've been told, it's going to follow some main story beats, but we, you know, it's going to vary. So it, it'll, I think it'll surprise us all. I'm just excited. I'm just happy. To put it in general nerd terms, we're about to open the Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the desert, and you don't be want, you don't want to be around when we do if you haven't prepared yourself. Don't look at the light. Don't look at the light. It's so I would beautiful. Complete. Close your eyes, Marion. I would make a plea to anyone that's even mildly interested. Um, and not afraid to be slightly spoiled, I guess, for potentially a TV series, to go on to, like, Amazon.com or InStockTrades.com or um, go into your Barnes & Noble's borders, whatever, with a you know, coupon or whatever you might have, and pick up the first volume. The first volume of the comic book, which encompasses the first six issues, is only nine ninety nine. And if you order it online at, like, Amazon or, or InStockTrades or one of those, those places, there usually you can get it 30 to 40% off, depending. So you're talking six, seven bucks. Which is which is a really good deal because I mean these issues are typically two three bucks a piece, so and just check it out and kind of see it is black and white, um, but it's it's very well done and no kind of of what to expect. So we obviously we can't recommend it highly enough. One more thing I will say about the trade is not to get used to the artist on the first six issues, because from issue seven on to the present day of, of publication, it's a second artist who has done brilliant work. The first six issues are wonderful by a man named Tony Moore, uh, he, but he moved on to different things. So the story doesn't change. It's still gripping. It's still an amazing story. It's just a different artist from seven on. So right. don't, let that, don't let that throw you. And issue 77 was just released today. So you're talking about 71 issues of Charlie Adler, and only the first six, a very small portion of the overall story, uh, done by Tony Moore. Very different styles. I, I agree with Brad, definitely. And Mr. Adler was just interviewed on the Walking Dead cast, which is a friend of ours, another Walking Dead 
podcasts, which you can find in our network at forumforgeeks.com. So check out the Walking Dead cast as well and hear from the artist of the comic. Check them out at forumforgeeks.com. That's forumforgeeks.com. Found at forumforgeeks.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bad Russ, are you... Number? Uh, it's 1-800-4-M-3-Geeks.com. <laughs> Russ, are you ready to bring us through the general events in Volume 1? I will, and I will also, when we post the show up, we'll definitely note the timestamp so that, like I said, anybody can, can fast-forward or skip or, or end it here, and then we'll have our little outro. So, again, you know, just to kind of give those that are... Con- those that care a taste, I'm going to briefly, very, very briefly summarize kind of the first six issues, which is probably going to be close to what the first season is going to be or what we can at least expect it to be. Um, and, and interesting to note in the trade, I've, I've read Walking Dead in trade, so I read it in six-issue chunks. I don't read it monthly. Um, and uh, Robert Kirkman has a little bit of a, a foreword at the beginning of the book, and, and his basic concept is um, that you know zombie movies always feel like it's a slice of life, and it stops basically when whoever's in charge of the movie gets bored, and we have no idea what's going on. So his for The Walking Dead was basically the zombie movie that never ends, and that he wants this to be about Rick Grimes and his life, and that we would ev- we would never really need to wonder what happened to Rick next because we're going to see it. So um, again, Kirkman has talked about how he'd love to just keep on writing this and writing this and writing this, and after 70-some-odd issues, and I've read 72 of them, um, it doesn't look like it's, it's ready to stop anytime soon. Um, so again, you know, we, the book quickly starts off, and if you've seen the trailer, this is all stuff that we've seen in the trailer, but it's basically two cops, uh, one of them's Rick, one of them's Shane, they stop this guy out on the, on the highway, and he's uh, pretty crazy, has a shotgun, starts shooting at the cops, Rick um, tries to do an end run around the guy and gets shot in the basically on his right side and takes a pretty good uh, pretty good gash. And we turn the page and it's Rick waking up and we can tell he looks um, he's got you know a little more than a five o'clock shadow and he's been laying in bed. He he gets up he starts to walk around he's calling for the nurse. There's you know nobody around so. He grabs up his clothes, starts walking around. The hospital is completely empty. He sees you know, a section of the hospital that's been blocked off and boarded up, opens it up, and boom, he sees a bunch of crazy-looking zombies that are all um, scattered around the cafeteria. It freaks out and um, runs away and is almost tackled by one. And as they fall down the stairs, the, ne- the neck of the thing is snapped and almost comes off and... He stops moving. So quickly Rick goes back to the door and shuts everything up and um, decides to leave the hospital. And as, as he leaves, you know, it's very similar to kind of like 28 Days Later, if you've, if you've seen 28 Days Later, um, you know, with kind of the guy alone in the world. So he, he leaves the hospital. You know, the grass is overgrown. There's weeds. There's trash. There's cars. There's people, you know, just kind of laying about emaciated. And he comes across a... Um, looks like what, what was a, a, a woman that, that is completely nothing, there's really nothing but like bone and um, flesh. And he, he starts to cry because he doesn't 
realize what's going on. And this woman or this this creature is still alive, is still making noises and moving. And he kind of freaks out. So he starts to to move as fast as he can to get away. And he comes across um, again. He goes into this neighborhood, goes in, it finds his house, goes in, and everything is you know his wife. We see a picture of a wife and kid. Um, they're gone. Everyone's gone. Um, and he gets whacked on the head with a shovel um, by the na- by by some folks that have moved in um, to the house next door. And you know they, they it was at first or whatever. And they bring him in and they they feed him and. Um, Tell them you know what's going on, and nobody knows you know what happened, and you know the media shut down after a few weeks. So at this point, I think I don't, I don't recall that we ever get an actual timeline of how how long Rick was unconscious in the hospital. But at this point, it's probably at least a month, probably two, um, maybe even closer to three, if I recall. The art is really what gives you a clue into that. I think. I mean, I don't recall if they specifically mention how long the period of time was, but when you look at how far everything's overgrown and how all the houses and, and cars are broken down, and, you know, you have these great giant weeds and things growing out of every crack in the sidewalk, and it really gives you a good idea of that this has been at least a couple of months, I would say. I was thinking that we we got confirmation of it later in the book, like when he and his wife or, or son were talking, somebody said something about how, you know, it had been a month since they left, and then they, he found them again or something like that. Yeah, that's maybe three months because... Again, he says all media shut down after a few weeks. Um, ah, okay, yeah. So it's at least. So, I mean, it took him that long for the media to shut down, and then it kind of all you know went to Hades after that. So, um, and like John said, I mean, you can definitely tell in by the state of everything and the way things are decomposed that you know it's been a while. Um, so Rick talks with the neighbor, and he basically says, you know, he's a cop, and. You know, he's going to Atlanta, he's going to go shopping. So they go to the police headquarters where he worked, and, you know, they grabbed up a bunch of guns, and they kind of have this interesting conversation about um, about the neighbor taking a police car or not and trying to still stay law-abiding. And, and we'll see this evolution in Rick, but especially at the beginning where he still thinks that he could be law-abiding and, you know, that people still need to follow the rules and stuff because I don't think he realizes how widespread things are and how bad it really is. Um, and, and that'll change definitely as we go along. So, you know, as they're getting ready to leave the station, there's a zombie that pops up and Rick goes to shoot him and the neighbor, um, you know, says, no, don't, you know, you might need the bullet later. This guy's not any real threat. And and that'll be a reoccurring theme as well is two, two things. One, you know, try and minimize your noise. You, you don't want to uh, make too much noise because you'll end up attracting more of them. And two, you don't want to waste all your ammo when you don't need it because you may need it and not have it. Um, and then something really interesting happens. And if you're not familiar with Robert Kirkman's writing style, uh, he employs this technique in other works as well. I've seen it in uh, Invincible where he'll set something up at the beginning of an issue or the beginning of a sequence and then he'll come back to it. And so... Earlier, like I mentioned, which was you know the issue prior, he came across that that emaciated body outside the hospital, and he literally takes the time to drive back, go up to that body head to put it out of its misery, um, and even sheds a tear for it. So, uh, you know, again, kind of that long, you know, that that callback to it, which is which is which I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, so the the next part really is Rick making his way to Atlanta. He feels his wife had some family in Atlanta, and he's pretty sure that his wife got out, took the son, 
and headed that way. So for for quite some time, it's it's Rick's journey uh, to Atlanta, and you know his struggles with trying to find gas for his car, and then he you know he can't get gas out of the gas station. So he eventually comes up to a horse and gets on a horse and decides he's going to ride the horse the rest of the way to Atlanta. And again, if we've seen the trailer, no surprise here. We've we've definitely seen that in the trailer where Rick is on his horse and his police get up with his guns and everything else, um, try, trying to you know, get to his wife or you know get to civilization or you know anybody. And uh, so he finally gets into Atlanta, and he's surrounded by zombies, and they literally knock him off the horse and start tearing into the horse um, while it's still alive. And uh, Rick, armed with his hatchet, um, which becomes kind of his weapon of choice for, for quite some time, um, runs around and starts starts trying to kill them all off, and then you know starts to get overrun and starts shooting them. And then he comes across... Uh, somebody that's running around the city and this is a character that we'll come to know as Glenn and he's the um, if you've seen the trailer in the in the promo pics he's the Asian character um, th- that we've seen and Glenn is kind of like he's a younger guy a kid and he's become adept at uh, you know scavenging you know kind of going into the city getting what he needs and then getting out and so basically Rick and Glenn kind of you know follow each other around to get out of the city and get back to the camp that Glenn is set up at and uh when they get there, that his wife and uh, son are there, and, and they have this big, uh, happy reunion. And not only is Rick and his son there, but we find out that Rick's partner, Shane, from the beginning of the book on the police force is also with them. So he was kind of the, the shepherd, helped shepherd his wife and his son out and kept them safe. Um, and then we're slowly introduced to uh, the other characters uh, that we'll come to know on the show, You know, mainly... Um, Dale and uh, Carol and Sophia, and then we've got Amy and Andrea, um, and of course, like I said, Shane and uh, and Glenn and Jim. And so they, they, we find that these these folks have just kind of set up camp, and they're just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you know, they start to retell. Uh, Rick starts to tell his wife Lori, you know what's what's going on, and Rick finally has a time where he can kind of decompress a little bit and and somebody to talk to so it looks like things are starting to you know we kind of have a moment of peace here where um or they're all getting getting along and kind of handing out guns and everything um to to make sure they keep safe and the women are kind of doing the laundry and there's a lot of quips too about you know why the men have their duties and the women have their duties which you know again it's it's almost like society's kind of gone back to women are performing what traditionally are become women duties and the men are out hunting and gathering. That's um, the way it should be, right? Send your hate mail to Brad <laughs> at halfhourwasted.com. That is Brad at halfhourwasted.com. I love sweeping. <laughs> Brad does windows. I'll mute my microphone now. <laughs> like always in this book, every time you think that things are honky-dory and everybody's kind of got a moment of happiness, boom, they pull the rug out from under you, and zombies attack the camp, and they are quickly dispatched by uh, Dale. So everybody's kind of freaked out. Um, There's a zombie laying there with his head half chopped off. There's another one that's kind of eating guts, Um, and everybody's just really, really kind of freaked out about this. And uh, Lori kind of runs back to Rick, and they kind of have a moment, and we get this really cool panel at the bottom where Shane is really just kind of has this really face as he's looking on at Rick and Lori and he's you can tell he's not real pleased about that 
Um, and then we, we kind of cut back to night. It's starting to get towards winter. It's getting colder. And Rick and Shane kind of have this, this uh, discussion about, you know, what's going to happen. And I think Shane, you know, thinks that the government's going to come and that they need to stay here and just stay put. And Rick is kind of of a, of a different opinion that they need to, to move out. But ultimately, Shane convinces them that, you know, that they should stay. And Rick says, okay, if we're going to stay, we need a lot more guns, we need a lot more ammo, we need a lot more weapons. And uh, so they decide they're going to make a run into Atlanta and go to like a, um, uh, basically like an armory and raid an armory and steal all the weapons. Um, And in a funny moment, and this is I think one of those that we hope (laughs) will make it into the book, they take one of the zombies that they've decapitated or, or that they've killed off and cover themselves in the guts of the zombie to hide their scent because they figure if they smell like one and don't make any sudden movements that they could blend in with the zombies when they go back into Atlanta and then they won't have to worry about running across rooftops and and you know hiding and all that other kind of stuff and the art is really well done because you see like flies buzzing around them and um, Glenn when he first rubs the 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 bits on the zombie bits on him he starts puking and um, so it's just a really kind of cool funny moment um so then we cut back over to another scene and there's like all these zombies gathered around a tank which is i guess kind of similar to the scene that we saw in the trailer but in the trailer if i'm not mistaken you guys help me out it was rick hiding in the tank wasn't it where he jumps in the tank and then shuts the hatch and they all kind of surround him we saw him under the tank and then we saw him getting in the tank and closing the lid and then there was that cool shot that jordan likes of of you know, up and away bird's eye view. And if I remember correctly, that scene is going to be in the first two episodes. So that means they've reordered it some. I mean, granted, it didn't happen exactly the same way here, but they've taken that tank idea and that's just one instance of, hey, here's an interesting plot thread. Let's move it over and uh, explore it more. Right. So again, Glenn and and Rick are they they um, they their plan is working. Um, they decide to break into a gun store. Uh, they load up into a shopping cart as much stuff as they can. And then, of course, it starts raining. Um, and as it's raining, it's kind of washing the funk off of them. And it's kind of like the jig is up and the zombies are all, um, are all over them. They and, got and starting the funk. Yeah. They got the funk. <laughs> um, so then, while it's raining, we cut back to Lori and Shane and... Um, we find out that Shane and Lori have kind of shared a moment, so to speak. And, uh, you know, basically Lori says, you know, what happened with us? It was a mistake. It never happened. You need to forget about it. Um, so obviously, um, you know, we know what's going on there. So we then kind of cut back and fast forward a little bit. And Rick is out teaching everyone how to shoot. And by everyone, he's teaching everyone. And we find that um, that Andrea who's never really picked up a gun before in her life has become a crack shot. And this is going to be a huge deal as this book moves on is that, you know, Andrea is kind of the sharpshooter of the group. Um, so she's another character I'm looking forward to, to seeing how, how they do in the, in the comic or in the, in the TV show rather. Um, so then a big point of contention is Rick decides he's going to teach Carl how to shoot. And, I don't know how you guys feel about how old Ricky or Carl is, but I'm guessing he's probably eight, maybe seven or eight years old, maybe nine at the most. I've always assumed he was a little bit younger than the actor they've cast as the character. Yeah. But that doesn't really bother me too much. No. But I think in the book he's portrayed as somewhere between like seven and nine. So he's still pretty young. And 
Lori is not real happy about the fact that sh- that um, Rick is teaching him how to shoot and and letting him have a gun. So again, things kind of start getting getting quiet again, and winter is upon them, and um, they're starting to hunt. And we see a little more tension rising between Shane and um, and Rick, and uh, and Dale kind of th- sees it and knows what's what's going on, um, and and is a little wary of Shane because he, he tends to like Rick. Um, Andrea and uh, Amy, her sister, are living in Dale. They live with Dale in his tra- trailer. Dale's kind of an older man. Andrea and Amy are younger women, um, and couple of the other women don't look too kindly on that they think it's a little strange even though um everything's pretty much on the up and up at least at this point there's no shenanigans going on with them they're just you know they're just you know trying to make the best of it this is how johnny models his life yes (laughs) (laughs) um so again things are going well so kirkman has to interject insanity and amy of of a zombie comes up and bites her and takes a big old chunk out of her neck. So right off, one of the sisters has been has been taken out in the book. Um, and the zombies are starting to just kind of surround them from all sides. And everybody starts pulling out their guns, shooting them to, to, to hold off the attack. Uh, Lori has her gun. And Carl actually picks the gun up and is able to shoot the zombie right in the head, you know, saving his mother's life. Um, so even though... I guess that's the gun Carl had. So, again, it's kind of, you know, Rick proving uh, Lori right that it was a good thing that Carl had the gun because otherwise she'd probably have been dead. Um, So, again, more zombies coming, more zombies coming, a lot of shooting going on. And we find that Jim, one of the guys there, has been bit in the arm. And, you know, just like in typical zombie fashion, if you've been bitten or share fluids or whatever you want to call it, then uh, you will turn. And so at this point, uh, he says, it's just a scratch, merely a flesh wound. And, uh, but we know it's, it's not good for him. Hey, remind me, because I can't remember. In the Walking Dead universe, if you just die of natural causes, you don't come back, right? Mm, no, I think they do. Because I think that's one of the things is, I think, don't they worry about having to put a bullet in somebody's head if they just die from, like, heart attack or something? Well, I seem to remember them well, talking about it, but I, I think it was them, like, wondering the same thing. I ask that because I prefer a zombie universe where it's bites only. Um, it just, it leaves that one tiny, tiny bit of hope that you could win eventually. If it's, as soon as you die, you come back as a zombie, that's an unwinnable situation completely. There's no chance that humans ever went out. True. Very true. So, they're kind of burying their dead and Jim is kind of taking a turn for the worse. And, again, the winter's, winter's kind of setting in. Rick and Shane go out hunting. And, again, they get into this huge fight, um, you know, because they say they're, you know, they're not safe. And, and, you know, Rick is really not sure where it's coming from. And a lot of this aggression, obviously, with Shane is because he's very jealous of the fact that, that Rick is back in, in Lori and Shane's life. And... Uh, so again, Dale's kind of comforting Andrea, you know, for the loss of her sister, um, and they leave Jim, you know, they leave Jim away and uh, leave him kind of stuck on a tree. And Shane and uh, it kind of cut back to the next morning. Shane and uh, Rick get into a, a big old fight. They start yelling at each other, 
and uh, Lori kind of steps in and actually hits Shane, and he's completely devastated, and he doesn't even know what to say, and everybody else is around him is kind of stunned. Shane kind of runs off. Rick goes after him. Again, they have this huge blowout. Shane picks up his, his shotgun and, and aims it at, uh, at Rick, and little do we know that Carl kind of followed along, freaks out, and shoots Shane in the neck and kills him. And, uh, you know, Carl just kind of, you know, says that it's not the same as killing the dead ones. And uh, book one ends with Rick kind of holding his son over Shane's dead body, saying it never should be. So I guess that took a little longer than I thought. But I guess right off the bat, you know, we've lost three characters in a a very short order, which kind of set the tone for this book that no one is sacred. And I think that's important. Uh, you know, this will kind of blend into our talk about what we'd like to see in the first season of the show. But I think it's important that they, they, they have that. I think that core group members that we meet should die early on. I mean, you need to have that feeling that nobody is safe. That's like the, that's the essence, really, of the Walking Dead book. And hopefully that carries over into the show. I agree. And it'll be interesting to see if... If if Shane is going to get it in the first season, because and if if these six episodes follow the first season, because I w- I don't know that they're spotlighting him as a main character, but he seems pretty prominent in the promo art and stuff like that. So I'm curious to see if maybe they don't drag that out and rework that a little bit. And I want to say I've heard Kirkman talk about uh, since the TV show was announced how he's always kind of regretted killing Shane off that early, and that there was a lot of interesting drama that could have come from that. Uh, relationship, so I don't know. I could see Carl shooting somebody else. I could see Carl wounding but not killing Shane. I could see Carl accidentally shooting his dad um, because his dad, you know, just switched the who's holding the gun and that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of interesting routes they could go with it, and I don't really uh, as important of a story point as it's been in the comic. It's one of those ones that to me they can tweak it quite a bit and still get the same emotional resonance or different emotional resonance that that could play just as well yeah so i guess to go on with the the question we were asked earlier what three things do we want to see from the first you know trade in the in the show um who wants to go first well i guess i went already would you like to remind us of what your first pick was my first pick was uh somebody whether it be Amy, Jim, or an Amy-Jim hybrid, uh, somebody in the core group must die quickly. I'm sorry, you're saying you want them to kill a hermaphrodite? <laughs> sure. Uh, my, my number three is kind of abstract, but I kind of just want to see the camp. Like, we've seen it briefly in the trailer, we see it in the comic. I want to see it on screen, I want to see how they have the vehicles laid out, how they have their defenses set up, um, whether they've taken a page or two from the zombie survival guide and worked certain things in from there of, you know, just what would be the smart way to do it. I mean, I can always visualize from a lot of movies, you know, how you barricade a house, how you protect yourself behind a fence, all that kind of stuff. But the actual mobile base camp in the middle of the field, that's something I want to see on the on, on the medium-sized screen, at least. As far as for me, I don't... I can't really think of anything specific that stands out that I want to see I mean, there are important elements to a zombie story, obviously, and those types of things I'd want to see, but 
I mean, specifically that from the book, you know, I would like to, I would like to see the first six issues happen the way they, or the first six episodes happen the way the first trade happens. It would be cool to see a literal translation. However, we know we're not going to see that. I don't want to, I can tell you something I don't want to see are, are running, sprinting zombies, you know, and, and we don't see that in the trailer. We see the, the typical, uh, moseying zombies, the shuffling. Thank you. The shuffling, you know, I don't want to see a, I don't want to see a thriller dance number for sure. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, that would kind of take me right out of the show. Of course, the, I'm being the first zombie you see in the beginning of the Night of the Living Dead is pretty much my limit for what constitutes a slow zombie. Like it's still, you know, it's not too slow, but it's not too fast either. It's not quite a normal walk, but it could almost push itself to that level. I want to see a zombie with one leg. <laughs> a pirate zombie? No. With a zombie parrot? No, because he'd have a peg leg. I would just want to see one-legged zombie <laughs> trying to get around. Well, I think... Doesn't I'd like to see a one-legged zombie in an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't the bicycle girl zombie from the beginning of the book, doesn't she only have one leg? Well, if any. Okay. I think yeah. in the trailer we've seen it look like she was just... A torso? A wreck up from the neck up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to see a uh, one-legged zombie. That'll be pretty cool. Her name is Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo got it. No, to uh, answer the specific question, for me personally, there's nothing that I have to see that came out of the the first trade. I would like to see Carl kill someone because that, as a parent, that frightens me to see a, a small child with a gun. And... I think that would be a very emotional, shocking thing to see on screen. Yeah, I think that's a ri- that, that that's the thing I think I'm most curious to see because that could be a very risky decision, and uh, you know I wonder how if there'd be any outcry and people freak out. But I mean, I get it from a story purpose, and it makes sense in the book and everything to some degree. Um, but but I'd be I'd be curious. The one thing. That, that I really want to see is is them taking the zombie parts and smothering themselves with them and <laughs> and people puking all over the place so they can go back in into Atlanta and try and mingle in that's just something I, I I think would be would add enough of a humor element to it and especially when the rain you know if they do they're getting washed off and the zombies kind of running after them I think that would I think that would add that that humor element to it to bring people in I would also like to see. Uh, while again, while it's not necessarily important to me that Shane be killed so early on, even in the first season, I want there to be that moment where Laurie tells Shane, you know, listen, it's over. My husband's back now. We thought he was dead, and that was a mistake. I, I really always felt that Shane could have been a very sympathetic character had he been around longer. Um, I mean, Shane is this guy, you know, regular guy, a cop. He's helping out. Um, Lori, you know, loses her husband, and and they connect. Now, Lori gets her husband back, and Shane doesn't get anything back. And now Rick has emerged as the leader, and everybody's questioning Shane's plan, and Rick kind of takes over the alpha male role of the group, and Shane's kind of left, you know, with nothing. And I think if he's around longer, that could be an interesting character to play with. 
the second thing I want to see is something I actually know will be on the show, and we looked at it uh, tonight, but that is the horse getting ripped apart by the zombies. Nothing against horses or animals in general, but just the image of that should be pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm wondering, it goes back to, like, how far is AMC going to let this go? They've said it's going to be pretty brutal for that scene. Yeah, so that would, that'll be great. Um, and one thing we talked about, you know, Carl shooting somebody, uh, a lot of the serious violence in the, in the book is human on human, not zombie on human. I mean, there is obviously zombie on human and vice versa, but a lot of it is human on human, which really amps up the uh, seriousness, I guess, of a scene. And I wonder how much AMC is going to, you know, let go by. I have zero experience with AMC shows. So uh, I'm I'm at a loss to know exactly what to expect. They there's, will go pretty far. Yeah, there's a, not to spoil another show, but there's a scene in Mad Men that flashes back to the war and uh, Korean the Korean War, and uh, it's pretty. I mean, they show a character that basically was kind of blown up, guts hanging out, and um, you know is, is pretty much a crispy critter. And one of the characters kind of goes up to, to, to the other character and, and does something. But you see it pretty up close and personal. Um, so if that's any indication, then I, I, think, uh, I think they can be pretty explicit. A minor spoiler for Breaking Bad. It's like, it happens in the, like, the first two or three episodes. But uh, they kill a guy in the first episode and they have to get rid of his body. And so they put him in a bathtub with uh, hydrochloric acid which is not how you're supposed to do it, and it eats through the floor beneath the bathtub on the second floor, and so this bloody pulp just comes falling out of the ceiling. It eats right through the floor and into the basement, and it's just blood and guts everywhere, and they spend like an entire episode just cleaning it up. It's pretty disgusting. So that is probably the extent of the blood I've seen on any show so far on AMC, and it was a lot. What about Naughty Bits? Uh, There was... Upper frontal nudity in the pilot of Breaking Bad, but that was because the first season like played on, I think it was IFC and AMC, so they could show that on IFC but not on AMC. Um, I think there's been a few shots of rear nudity, but they're only on the DVDs generally. But there isn't really too much nudity in Walking Dead, period, is there? I can't think of any. Uh, I can't, there, can't either. Yeah, there's, there's some, some of the characters. Yeah. You can kind of work around that pretty easily, though. Maybe not in the first uh, trade, but later on in no. the story. No. In Mad Men, there's there's a scene where uh, where one of the characters is doesn't have a top on, female, and the way the lighting is and the way she's turned, it's it's there's no detail. Like you can't see any detail. Um, if if that's a if that's a good explanation, is nipple a bad word? It's a funny word. <laughs> Can we just say that there's no nipple? <laughs> Um, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would go further than that. Even, I mean, it just looks like a dark. Um, it's almost like silhouette. I, w- I would say it that way. I can't actually think of two things that I would like to see in the show, but they're not from the first trade. They're from later trades, so I can't. I mean, I want to see these things on screen, but obviously, we'll get to them later on. Yeah, for me, again, trying to think of two more things. It's all stuff that we've seen in the trailer. You know, the 
Rick waking up in the hospital and, you know, him, you know, riding around on the horse. Those are two big things for me. But, you know, we've seen those in the trailer, so those are kind of obvious. So there's nothing else that really stands out at me that I just am like, oh, I've got to see that from the first trade. I'm like Brad. There's there's tons of stuff as we move into fourth, fifth, sixth trade that you're just like, holy cow, that you really want to see. So. Well, let's change it to some things we'd like to see rather than three. There you go. I do have a third one. Um, at the end or towards the end of the trade where Jim gets bitten, they have the fight, let's say, or the zombies attack in the middle of the snow. I don't know that I've ever seen in a zombie movie a zombie-on-human fight in the snow, and the, the blood on the white snow could be an interesting contrast and a really cool-looking scene. Dead Snow is a movie oh, that's you might want to check out. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. And that one, you get a double whammy of awesomeness. You get zombies and Nazis. That's correct. The two people groups, it's okay to kill. <laughs> According and to the if I remember correctly, there were nipples in that, that movie as well. Oh. Well, that's always a plus. Female or male? Both, actually, I think. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, so this should keep you busy for a couple of weeks, and we'll get episode three out. Um, before the premiere on Halloween, and we'll run our Robert Kirkman interview, which was really good. So um, we should be all set. We're ready for the big show. Again, thanks for listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. Again, you can send us an email at comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Visit the website at walkingdeadtv.com. You can send our Twitter at, at WDTVpodcast or our Facebook group, and please check out forumforgeeks.com. That's forum, F-O-R-geeks.com. Or send us a voicemail at 516-468-7912. And please, 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 we always ask for this iTunes reviews. Please log on to iTunes and look up the Walking Dead TV podcast and give us, give us some iTunes reviews. That it helps us get noticed and, and um, hopefully get us on the front page. So we appreciate that. And we will read your five-star reviews on the show. Absolutely. So for Brad, Jordan, and John, this is Russ, and we will catch you next time on the Walking Dead TV podcast. Consequence you've seen as being stranger than I have.